Welcome to the This Can Happen podcast with me, Zoe Sinclair, co-founder of This Can Happen. This is the show where I'm lucky to be in conversation with changemakers and thought leaders within workplace mental health from all around the world, all striving to make a positive difference to support their colleagues. Loneliness is a really big driver of your mental well-being, but it also has a relationship to mental illness as well. There's a two-way connection, so being lonely can make you more likely to be depressed or clinically socially anxious, and vice versa. Loneliness isn't a diagnosable mental health illness, but it is quite close to them and has a really important relationship to them. Hence the reason why I think loneliness has been chosen as a theme for this year's Mental Health Awareness Week. This month, we're taking a deeper look into loneliness, this year's theme for Mental Health Awareness Week. I was delighted to chat to Robin Hewings, Programme Director at Campaign to End Loneliness. I think we all appreciate how important the issue of loneliness has become following COVID-19. More and more of us have experienced loneliness in many different ways over the past two years. This is not just an older person's issue, which is the way we may have looked at loneliness in the past. Robin really opened my eyes to the extent that loneliness can impact every facet of all our lives and his aspirations for us all to not get stuck in loneliness. Robin, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I'm delighted that we are celebrating uh, Mental Health Awareness Week together um, and this fabulous theme of loneliness. So this must be you know, great for you that loneliness has really come to the fore, that the subject is the theme of Mental Health Awareness Week 2022. So tell us more about loneliness and and the definition of loneliness. Um, Yes, so we were really pleased that loneliness was chosen as uh, the theme for this year's Mental Health Awareness Week, because Loneliness obviously really came to the fore during COVID, but what we've found is that we very much need to keep up that focus and to develop and build on the understanding that people had about loneliness through the pandemic to try to have a less lonely post-pandemic world. So to answer your question about the definition of loneliness, there's kind of um, uh, a dictionary definition, which is that it's uh, a kind of an unwelcome aversive state where there's a mismatch between the social relationships that you have and those that you want and so what that is different firstly it's a neg- it's always as were well, a negative emotion it's never it's not it is different say to solitude which is well hey I've got some peace I'm in the middle of nowhere that's great this is yep. loneliness is by definition um you know an unwelcome negative emotion And the other thing which is important about it is that it's different from social isolation. So you can be lonely in a crowd, you have people around you, but if your relationships with them aren't what you want, then that can mean that you're lonely. Um, So I think that um, we probably, when our first thought when we think about loneliness is probably of a socially isolated older person but actually younger people report higher levels of loneliness. And that is probably, they're not usually socially isolated. It's that they haven't got the kind of friendships and support that they 
want and so um that kind of is that's that's kind of important part of the kind of understanding of of what loneliness is okay so there's there's also you know the psychology of loneliness I know you've done huge studies into that so maybe that's a really good you know starting point for us to tell us a little bit more about that yeah so I think that yes so there's the kind of dictionary definition of loneliness but then I think it's really important to try to understand how loneliness feels so when when you're lonely when people are lonely um they tend to um think much more negatively about their relationships and interactions. So what that means is that, for example, people might um, kind of dwell on things that have happened, kind of just have churning thoughts about something that went wrong or someone who didn't call you back or, you know, why hasn't such and such a person called you up or these all these types of things, which or a joke that goes wrong, all these kind of kind of little bits of day-to-day interaction that can be that if you're not lonely it's relatively easy to 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 shrug them off um say oh yes they haven't called me back because they forgot or they're busy or they're doing something else this weekend and that's okay whereas when you're lonely you can kind of oh maybe that's something that's something about me and that can also then make it harder to kind of go into new social situations so if you're say so the idea so if you're lonely and what you think you'd like to do would be to, you know, meet new people. That's actually kind of quite a hard thing to do because when you're lonely, going into a new group of people feels much more challenging and much more difficult. And so the real risk is that people can kind of get into a kind of downward spiral where something happens to cause them to be lonely. But because of the way that loneliness makes us feel, it can make it harder for us to, to get out of it. And so that leads to the kind of chronic loneliness that we most worry about, because there's a way in which other people's general resilience means that being lonely a bit, they can kind of get out of that. But when you become chronically lonely, then that is really quite hard to get out of. And that's why it needs a kind of an organised and researched response from different parts of society whether it's charities or the government or or employers um all of those people can do things which help people get out of chronic loneliness okay so talking about those parts of society i so specifically with the my workplace hat on obviously this like post covid or i can't say post beyond covid world I think employers are in a very difficult position because this this uh, new way of working that we have, that some people are really relishing and enjoying, it's not always conducive for those people that tend to feel lonely, um, even though they might enjoy working at home. I, I suppose there's a bit of a, um, I don't know, mismatch there. Um, it, it, would you would you agree with that and what can workplaces do what role should they be playing yes so I think that there is has been for a large minority of people um, there's been a massive change to how people work and I think that we um, are still I think in the early days of understanding that change I think that um, there are 
kind of pros and cons to um, more hybrid or remote working because there are ways in which um, you probably do strike up more informal conversations and friendships face to face it's more pleasurable having a conversation face to face than it is through a computer um, and so there's clearly ways in which that can make it perhaps harder to build friends, friendships and relationships at work. On the other hand, taking out commuting time from people means that they may have more time to build relationships um, away from work. Um, and so for different people at different times, they can have uh, different effects. It's really interesting in the early days of the pandemic, there were some groups of people, so kind of women with children, said that they felt less lonely than before the pandemic. And that's because whereas before they were doing lots of commuting and possibly not seeing their children for big chunks of the day, which was during that early stage of the pandemic, people were spending actually more time with their most important relationships. So I think it's a really interesting, probably quite complex story that we're going to need to continue to uh, measure and understand and also how to optimise it so that we can kind of get the best of both worlds with great relationships at work but also potentially more time to have better relationships closer to home. Uh, this might sound like a really strange question to ask but do you think we always recognise ourselves that we're lonely? That is a really good question so there's a lot of kind of surveys and methodology in loneliness and what they find is that you often pick up loneliness sometimes by asking a a very straightforward how often do you feel lonely question but sometimes by asking questions which are a little bit more uh, indirect so whether you feel often left out or whether you feel isolated or whether you feel that you lack companionship those types of questions often tease out loneliness because yes as you say we don't always kind of introspect perfectly I think we often notice possibly notice we've been lonely a bit afterwards perhaps but I think by asking a wider set of questions we can often kind of better understand if someone is lonely or not. I noted that you've done um, some specific research about loneliness in London. Now, obviously, people from all over the country and, in fact, all over the world listen to this podcast. But is it, you know, is it the stereotype that just because you live in a big city, everybody's very unfriendly and you're more likely to feel lonely? Or is it the other way? You're in a big city, loads of people, you don't need to feel lonely. You know, which way is it going? So um, geography and loneliness is a really interesting issue because I think what you find is that um, very broadly, like say between living in an urban area versus living in a rural area, very broadly, it won't, the levels of loneliness won't be that different, but sometimes the causes and also what you do about it are different. So in a rural area, area if you don't have access to a car that can be really isolating and really challenging because you know kind of bus services are much 
um, far fewer than they were. And there's almost an assumption that you have got a car. So that can be a real issue. So what you do about loneliness in that context and why people feel lonely is often this very, very obvious and material thing. Whereas in cities, um, and you can see this very clearly in London, actually, the process of moving to a city can be really very isolating. So people who had just moved in the first year of having moved to London were really strikingly more lonely than people who lived here for a long time. And I think that that's because London is, it's a bigger place. It takes you time to find your find your people, if you see what I mean. And that is, relates to a general truth about loneliness, which is that often big transitions in life are what makes us lonely. And that can be moving, a moving house that is, and moving city is, is absolutely one of those. And just going back to something that you mentioned about young people, have you found that young people have been the largest group of people that have tend to be lonely or is it actually older people who perhaps don't have so many people around them are lonely or or is there not much of a difference? So yes there are some quite definite differences so younger people are are partially I think they're going through a lot of transitions in quite a short space of time often you know you're moving you're changing work you're changing where you're doing your education Uh, your friendship groups are often changing quite a lot as well sometimes um sometimes everyone else has changed and you're still you you're still the same that can also be another cause of of loneliness so we then find that kind of loneliness kind of goes down through people's 20s and 30s not say that you'll never be lonely in your 30s and 40s there are you know but it does, the average does go down and then actually kind of as it were the younger old so kind of a healthy 65 or 70 year old is very unlikely to be lonely they're generally relatively stable situation in life and have built up over the years a, re- a good deal of resilience if things kind of happen um where the with the people who are lonely amongst the older group tend to be much more as it were the older old so people going into their 80s and 90s that can be a much more lonely time because people are more likely to have been bereaved uh with you know they might have lost their partner or their friends, and as we, as people, loneliness is really very strikingly associated with um, kind of frailty and and disability. So it's really very much in that kind of old old group that uh, you have a good number of people who are lonely. And I feel we're doing like a, a whistle stop tour on loneliness here, which is is really great. But um, social media. Is that helping the cause of loneliness or not? So what appears to be the case is the big thing about social media is how you use it. So if you're quite active on social media and use it to connect, keep in touch with people who you like, then that seems totally fine. So there's no kind of very... So there's quite a lot of studies, but um, in general, they don't find that people who use social media are more lonely than people who don't but if you use social media in an unhealthy way it can be really disastrous and that unhealthy way is comparison 
So if you are scrolling through social media thinking, oh God, there's all these people with these lovely lives and it looks great. It is a real disaster for loneliness um, and I think for other aspects of well-being as well. And so I think that, I think our kind of, there's something which people can think about in their own lives about how am I using social media? And if I do find myself comparing myself, maybe I should give it a break and kind of get out of that. I think it can be, it can almost be a bit of a downward spiral in a way whereas if you're using it it's a kind of like oh it's nice I can see holiday pictures of my brother that's nice then that's kind of a really different thing and so um, and I think that it's a real task for kind of companies and regulators to think about how to um, and and for you know parents as well to kind of try to have that insight and use it to how we kind of manage and develop social media okay really useful i also read i think quite a recent report that you've done about marginalization and loneliness in lgbtqi communities is that a big theme of of loneliness in those communities um yes to a really striking extent actually so people from sexual minorities are on average about twice as likely to be lonely as people who aren't wow Um, yeah which i think is really powerful it it actually it kind of relates to if you feel like you've been discriminated against in for whatever reason it seems to have a really powerful effect on loneliness so it's very interesting research amongst ethnic minorities that if you don't feel like being being discriminated against then you're no more likely to be lonely than anyone else but if you do feel like you have it's it's I think what that shows is how deep feelings of discrimination cut. You might think, well, that's a bit unpleasant, but I'm sure you can just shake it off. But actually, if you feel discriminated against, it can really kind of cut quite deep to your core and how much you trust and feel um, and feel safe with those around you. I think it's really um, it's a really striking theme and you can see it across uh, different age groups, particularly risk amongst older LGBT communities as well because they the sense in which they probably had a more difficult time when they were growing up they might have had very different life experiences a particular fear that people have is about um kind of going back into the closet as it were when if they're kind of starting to go into kind of residential care homes or things like that so it's um um, I've just been doing some work amongst about armed force loneliness amongst armed forces communities and talking to this amazing organisation called Fighting with Pride, which is about LGBT communities and the armed forces and the stories that almost anyone in that group from kind of my age or older is really shocking. And I'm doing the research with someone who's um, in their mid twenties, and you can see that she just—it just seems almost surreal to her how how um how bad it was only you know 15 20 years ago what's fascinating about talking to you and uh, and how much we've covered in this very short space of time is loneliness can affect anyone it seeps into every section of society young old you know it uh, doesn't matter your gender sexual orientation that it can affect you at any time and going back to that sort of psychological piece that we spoke of at the beginning that link between you know your mental well-being and loneliness is can be huge that's right so yeah so loneliness is a really big 
driver of your mental well-being, but it also has a relationship to mental illness as well. So it's a kind of there's a two-way connection. So being lonely can make you more likely to be depressed or clinically socially anxious and vice versa. So depression is also a, a, a big cause of loneliness. And you can see it kind of yeah, and they kind of go both ways and you can see why they why that would be the case because loneliness isn't a diagnosable mental health illness but it is quite close to them and has a really important relationship to them which and so hence the reason why I think loneliness has been chosen as the theme for this year's mental health awareness week yeah no it totally makes sense okay so kind of um coming to my 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 last couple of questions I suppose you know bringing it all together I am head of well-being or I'm a head of HR in an organisation, how can I bring this loneliness piece or awareness into my workplace? What what can I do or how do I, I don't want to say how do I recognise lonely individuals because that's, you know, but what can I do to help people in my organisation be aware of all of this? So we worked with quite a large number of different types of organisations, everything from passenger transport executives to big science funders to retail. And we kind of found that there was a kind of a framework that you could work your way through. And what it is it's about is it's part about having some leadership and showing that loneliness is an okay thing to talk about. It's a normal and common human emotion, but also one that we need to think about and do things about. And then there's a role for line managers to, in a sense, sensitive and reasonable way, bring it into conversations. But we also need to make sure that people have got the kind of spaces to to come together and that they have jobs and workplaces that are designed that enable you to kind of have the connections that you need. Because feeling that you have the connections that you need at work and that you, it relates, I think, very much to psychological safety is, I think, really very, very relevant to how people feel about their work more generally. And so I think that loneliness, I think, is quite a powerful lens to think about a number of things that we've been concerned about in relation to work, in relation to relationships at work. But if we can take those steps, then we can, I think, have a, potentially have a real impact. This report is written up. It's on the government's website. We wrote it for the Department for Culture, Media and Sport. And if you Google Workplace Loneliness UK, then uh, it should be your first hit. Brilliant. Really, really useful. Okay, Robin, my final question to you, if I put this the right way, what are your hopes and dreams for loneliness? You know, in an ideal world, the campaign to end loneliness shouldn't exist you know but how do you see the next few years evolving what what are your hopes and dreams so what I would like is that the kind of increased awareness of the importance of our social connections to lead to us being able to talk about this issue more readily and be able to think about the things that we need to do kind of across society to kind of prevent loneliness and also to help people who are in that kind of chronically lonely category and I think some of that is about things that we can do as individuals. So just having that insight that we started off with, that when you're lonely, it's harder to reach out. If you just think about people around you then, and think about whether they might be lonely, then 
and if then you, you kind of it puts it's it's a useful thing to know that they're finding it hard to reach out so maybe we we should be the ones doing that but also i think there's a big role for employers to think about how they can make the workplace a better place for connection and hopefully creating the best of both worlds from a kind of hybrid working model and then there's a big role for government as well there is absolutely a role for services that can find lonely people and give them the right support to kind of get back into social life and there's uh, an increasing body of evidence and practice about how we can practically do that so the kind and what we're trying to kind of end at the campaign to end loneliness in many ways isn't no one ever feeling lonely ever it's about people not getting stuck in loneliness because that is what really really cuts very deeply uh into people and it's something that we absolutely need to tackle Robin thank you so much indeed for joining me today and I I really feel I've got this sort of well this overview of loneliness that I didn't really have beforehand so um, I'm sure our our listeners will go away with that as well Um, I happy mental health awareness week um, 2022 I think this is a a great theme to explore and I really thank you for, for joining me today thank you very much for having me on This Can Happen, empowering workplace mental health. Founded in 2018, we support organisations and empower their employees with the right solutions to create a positive environment for good mental health in the workplace. We offer various resources, including a global leading conference, free webinars, awards, a 12-month friends programme, an exclusive retreat for mental health leads, and the This Can Happen Index, the only measurement tool that includes both the employer and the employee. Find out more by visiting our website, thiscanhappenglobal.com.